All right, welcome in. This is your live chat for this week's Wyndham Championship. It is presented by my friends over at Jock Market. There is a power hour this evening, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time. All things stock market DFS, the ability to buy and sell shares of golfers. A lot of fun. Rick Run Good YouTube channel. Join us there. We're giving away money. We're giving away hundred bucks given away. If you use the code Rick, you get a $50 deposit bonus. There's, there's just a lot going on, but welcome in, welcome in. This time is yours. Uh, this is where we can do question, answer, concerns, comments, whatever you want about the Wyndham championship or really anything else. Um, before I jump into this and as I start to let the questions roll in, everything that you see is going to be from rickrungood.com. Go sign up. I'm not going to stop you. I think you'll enjoy it. Let's jump into these. Spencer says, uh, whoops, sorry about that. Spencer says, I'm a new subscriber to the site. There you go. Thanks, Spencer. Is there an overall ownership share you'd like to target in your custom models? And do you change that to be bigger and smaller depending on what contest you're in? Yeah. So I'm assuming, um, you know, we are talking about something like the custom model or the lineup optimizer or really anything where you want to determine what your total ownership is going to be. So there is a... um, There is a spot here on the lineup builder where you can put in the max projected ownership. So I think in general, um, anything under 100% is a good starting point. The bigger the contest gets, you probably want to go under 80 percent, right? The even bigger it goes, if you're trying to win something like the millionaire make, you're trying to win $250,000 up top or something like that. Uh, even going under 60, I think is, is certainly viable because then you get 10 golfers that are on average, uh, 10% owned or less. The worst thing that you can have trying to win all the money is no leverage. Um, you know, whether guys, I had this, I had this issue last week, my guys that were doing really well in the $200 single entry were all 20% owned. And the guys that I had that were three or 4% owned were going in the wrong direction. I wasn't making up any ground. You need to have leverage on the field. And that is kind of one of the easier ways to do it. It's a very basic way to kind of look at it because you can have a guy that's 25% owned and a guy that's 1% owned, but that's the general idea. Good luck. Brady says, thanks for the awesome content. Uh, thank you. Uh, thoughts between Bryce Garnett and Vincent Whaley and Roger Sloan. Yeah. So, um, I actually think I've said at some point this week that, uh, this would be the only week I would ever, uh, bet Bryce Garnett or ever consider kind of rostering him three consecutive, uh, cuts made for Garnett. Uh, the way that he normally does it is with a pretty good putter. Uh, the flat stick, he's ranked 33rd on tour this year. He is very accurate. These are the types of things that generally are going to, um, uh, bode well at Sedgefield. And then I also believe he's got uh, some decent history around here. I don't remember what his exact price is. Uh, here he is 6,800. Yeah. Uh, three top twenties in his last four years, including a sixth place finish two years ago. So if I'm, I'm not necessarily, I'm not a fan of Bryce Garnett. If I was ever going to roster him, if I, if I was ever going to bet him, it would be this week. Um, Spencer says I joined jock market a few weeks ago. Am I the only one that uses the activity during and after IPO to find out who is targeting certain sleepers? Everyone should join jock market. Okay. I usually wait until like 15 minutes in to do the, to do the jock market stuff, but you're, you're absolutely right. So, um, there is no better way for me, Spencer, to learn about what the real public sentiment is, uh, than on Wednesday night, which is what's going to happen tonight, where people are going to put their money where their mouth is, and they're going to, uh, buy share of golfers and they're going to bid on shares of golfers. And you really learn 
who the popular players are going to be across all different price points. You learn who's going to be faded, right? I mean, it's I've kind of been tinkering on this little little model, but it, it is really it is really interesting how closely correlated the IPO prices of jock market uh, look towards the actual ownership on your favorite daily fantasy site. It's it's very much aligned. And then the fact that um, you know some of the data that I've been looking in, and this is this is available on RickRunGood.com as well. Uh, you know, these four, five, six dollar IPO players are really, really valuable. Um, there's a lot of room to go and get four or five times your 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 IPO price. Abraham answer was five thirty five last week, uh, last Wednesday, paid out twenty five dollars a share. Hideki was five dollars and fifty five cents a share, paid out twenty dollars a share. Sam Burns, four dollars and twenty five cents, paid out eighteen dollars a share. So there is there is a lot of value and people playing on jock market, um, you know, pretty, pretty inefficiently. So I, I encourage you to, to join, use the code Rick, uh, when you sign up, it gets you up to a $50 deposit bonus. And if you join us tonight for the jock market power hour, um, at eight 15 PM, we'll give away a hundred more dollars there. And we'll talk through all of the, um, all of the, um, live moment by moment IPO prices. Good afternoon, Rick. Hi, Cody. Um, Appreciate your content as always. Thank you. Was wondering who you like or recommend uh, $6,500 or below. So I'm not super thrilled to be going down in this range. I think Bo Van Pelt is somewhat interesting. His advanced metrics for the season have been horrible. However, uh, three consecutive uh, top 31 finishes seasoned vet at a place like this who, you know, he's not long off the tee. That is not necessarily going to kill him. Um, I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, otherwise I would be going with, uh, let's see here. There was somebody at 6,400 that I thought was interesting. Oh, oh, it was Vincent Whaley, which is, um, another, another, uh, name that someone else mentioned earlier. So, so Whaley has, has not been nearly as consistent as we saw him earlier in the earlier in the year. Remember when he was just piling up those finishes between 36 and 24 or something or something of that nature. Uh, it is no longer that version of Vincent Whaley, but that might be good because we're seeing a little bit of upside, right? 26th at Barbasol, ninth at Barracuda. This is of course not going to be that good of a, a field, um, or excuse me, this is going to be a, 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 a deeper field, a more difficult field. Uh, but those are a couple of guys that I would be targeting there, but I'm, I'm not nearly as excited about, um, about the sub $6,500 range as I, as I have been in previous weeks. Will Kyle Stanley or Doug Gim putt this week? So Stanley, um, we looked at him a couple of weeks ago, probably not. The, I, the argument is, uh, there's just really, no signs of life with the putter for Kyle Stanley. Routinely losing multiple strokes over the course of four rounds, and even in the in the weeks that he puts well, it doesn't turn into results. I, I don't know, and this this could be the boldest take I ever have. I, I don't know how um, how Kyle Stanley could be even playable, right? Because he's losing because he's losing so much on 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 the putting greens, and even when he puts well, you never get anything out of him. Doug Gim, I at least, and we can pull up the numbers here, I feel like gives us a, a little bit more upside when things go well, right? You know, the 18th at the John Deere where, where he putted to, to minus 1.6. Uh, you know, you put to a zero like he did to Charles Schwab, he finishes top 15. That That is at least taking advantage of your good putting weeks. Now, both of them, if you notice, are horrible on Bermuda. Um, that is not unusual because they're bad putters, but um, I would at least like Gim, who seems to take more advantage of, of his good putting weeks. 
Hey, Rick, great content as usual. What do you expect the ownership on Webb to be? Is he a must-play in single entry? So nobody's ever a must-play. And um, I have Webb's uh, projected ownership at the moment at around 29%, which you know this is for you know 150 max, uh, for example. So the... Uh, the the single entry is going to be much higher than this. Web might be 40 or 45% owned in single entry. And generally in single entries, um, I tend to... To, to fade that, right? Is is Webb Simpson going to pay off his salary enough to make 40% of us happy? Uh, and the times that he doesn't, you are going to leapfrog ahead of that 40%. So it is, it is, I believe, going to be very, very difficult to play Webb Simpson in a uh in a single entry this week just based on game theory. It is not, it is not a knock on him or his record here because there is no such thing as knocking his his record here. Any chance we could take a deeper look at Lahiri? I can't get him out of my lineups. Oh my God. That's, that's a, uh, that's a statement. No one has ever uttered here in the, in the live chat. Uh, Bermuda is his worst surface. It's the only surface that he loses strokes putting on. He's generally going to be very low owned, right? He was 9% owned, but that was at the Olympics, very much a small field event. If you go to something that is, uh, you know, much more PGA tour esque, he's sub 5%, sometimes sub 1%. Let's see what we got here. Good news, uh, has gained strokes off the tee in six in a row. Horrible news, loses a lot of strokes on approach. Good news, very volatile putter. He's a bad putter, but he's a volatile putter. Um, I'm not I'm not all that excited about Lahiri. Doesn't really play well out of the buckets, and I'm not a fan of the buckets, but this week more than most, I don't mind the buckets. It uh, doesn't really play well there. I'm a little bit worried about that. Logan says, smash the like button. Truly the best insight in the biz. Thanks. I appreciate that. Can you do a deep dive on HV3 debating on whether to add him to my player pool or not? Yes. I just pushed an update here. Uh, okay. So here's what we've got. Generally speaking, trending in the right direction. Uh, he is not very good on Bermuda. Bermuda and Poe are by far uh, his worst putting um, uh, surfaces. He is, let's see. Not all that accurate off the tee, 108th on tour. Not all that long, 59th. I guess it's not bad in this field. Couple of, see, unfortunately, you know, the strokes gain metrics don't exist for the Open Championship or the Barracuda, which is um, tough because he had a top 15 finish at Barracuda and we don't know how he did it. But if we look at his measured events before that, I don't think there's all that much to like here. Some weeks he's good with the driver. Some weeks he's horrible. Some weeks he's good on approach. Some weeks he's horrible. Some, some weeks he's a zero putter. Other weeks he loses two or three. I, this is not necessarily um, inconsistent in a good way or volatile in a good way. I'm not particularly a a, a fan of, of HV3. Smash the like button says Jared, who in the eyes, who in your eyes is a seven K golfer who might be getting overlooked. Ooh. Okay. So I do like Kazire. He's 10.5% owned, which I'm not sure is necessarily him getting overlooked. Gooch, same thing, but 10.9%. Um, Revy, same thing, but he's 113 So if I'm going to try to find someone who's going overlooked... Okay, bear with me on this one. It might be Brendan Todd, um, which I know is scary. And it's scary for me as well. But Brendan Todd on paper is is one of the best fits for Sedgefield because what does Sedgefield uh, lend itself to? Well, it lends itself to guys who play out of the fairway uh, first and foremost. It, it it plays well to guys who make a lot of birdies and guys who putt well. And sometimes those last two go together. So 
what does Brendan Todd do? Well, Brendan Todd uh, is one of the best putters on the planet, seventh on the PGA Tour in strokes game putting. He's number one in hitting fairways. He is uh, His best surface is putting on Bermuda, tied with Bentcrest. So, so course fit is nearly perfect for Brendan Todd. Now, it hasn't really translated to a lot of success here, and his results recently have been sour. Now, the recent results, the last five cuts have been by one shot or two shots. And I think that matters. It's not like he's shooting 78, 79 and missing the cut. He's shooting like 70, 71 and missing the cut. And if those five missed cuts were T60s, I think a lot of more people would be interested in playing him because we'd be like, oh, wow, he's got, you know, seven straight cuts or whatever. So I just, I think the perception around Brendan Todd uh, is much weaker than it should be. I'm not saying he's a 10 out of 10 good boy. I'm not saying that he is going to go out there and and lap the field. I'm just saying like he's better than what I think people are are trying to give him credit for. AJ says, uh, Rick, two guys are popping up in my models. Great values this week, Brian Stewart and Ches Reevy. So I imagine that your model uh, consists of uh, driving accuracy and approach play, which is, and, and probably putting if you're getting Brian Stewart in there as well, which is exactly the type of golf uh, that these two guys play. We'll start with Stewart because I think this one's going to be pretty quick. I don't think I could get there on Stewart. Um, the good news is he hits a ton of fairways, as I mentioned, second on tour in driving accuracy. He's okay from some of these buckets that we expect a lot of uh, shots to be hit from the 100 to 150 or 100 to 175 range, whatever you want to call it. Um, and he has been hitting his irons much, much better over the last uh, three measured starts. Missed the cut at the Barracuda. We don't know how he did it there. This is not a horrible uh, outline. This is not a horrible blueprint. The idea of gaining a bunch of strokes on approach and gaining a bunch of strokes putting is, is honestly like the perfect combination for a first round leader, right? For a guy who can snap off for 18 holes in a, in a row might not be able to hold on to it, but it's a pretty good, um, a pretty good skill set to have. I think I'm much more interested in Ches Reevy who does a lot of the similar things that Stewart does where he hits a ton of fairways fifth on tour. He doesn't, um, I don't think he puts as well and Bermuda is his worst surface, but these buckets here, the buckets from 100 to 125, he's 24th on tour, which means he's probably top six in this field. Uh, 11th from 125 to 150, 10th from 150 to 175. You guys know that I think there are flaws in this bucket system, but Revy, that that's a big enough range to know that Revy plays really well in those spots. And the recent results are, are showing similar things where he's where he's dialed in with the approach game right now. And he's looking a lot like the version of Ches Revy that we saw a couple of years ago, um, where he was contending much more often on the PGA Tour and his official World Golf ranking was inside the top 50 as opposed to inside the top 150. Hank Hill says, thoughts on betting Webb outright and fading him in DFS. I usually play single and three entry max. His ownership will be even crazier in those. That's right, Hank. Um, yeah, listen, I'm probably taking a fade approach on, on Webb this week. It's unfortunate. I like the guy. I play him a lot. It's books. Books have not given us a great value on him at 12 to one. Um, I'm not sure I even want to necessarily bet that golf is a very weird game. This is a course where I think a lot of kind of um, outsiders could potentially pop up and win this thing. So I think that would be a nice little life hedge uh, to take, but I, I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably just going to fade Webb. And if he wins great, I love the guy. I wouldn't be surprised, but I think there is a lot more value in him not winning or not finishing in the top five. 
For those guys who need strong results to survive this week, says Evan, does that also increase their miscut equity? Um, so yeah, I think the idea is, and and if if you're not aware, this is the last week of the of the regular season. So there's a lot of guys on the outside looking in, or even on, you know, right on the bubble who are going to have to go really low and make sure that their finishing position um is high enough to earn them enough enough FedEx Cup points. So the idea that Evan is getting at, and I think it's I think it's somewhat accurate that um, when a guy knows he has to put the pedal to the metal, he starts taking lines to pins that he might not normally do. And he's going to be incredibly aggressive. Now, with aggression comes the risk of uh, things going sideways very, very quickly. Uh, I, I think that, Evan, what you'll see is more of that on the weekend. You know, I think guys are going to generally play the first two rounds like normal. Um, and then if they are, you know, if they've made the cut and they need a 31st place finish, you're going to see uh, uh, they're going to just take every number on and every flag on over the course of the weekend. So I don't necessarily think it's going to it's going to increase on um, the, the first two days. But I do think you are going to see some guys having to go for it. Hybrid says, I have a one-and-done conundrum. Uh, Zalator's chances we won't see again this year? Yep. Uh, so should I weigh going with him over other odds favorites like Kokrak? Well, I guess it depends on what your one-and-done is. So yeah, I mean, this is probably your last chance to burn Zalatoris. And if it's not, and he wins, he wins, then you got to win for him. So I think I think you should probably use Zalatoris. If you're going all the way through the Tour Championship, um, I mean, Kokrak's what? In the top 10 of the FedEx Cup points right now. So depending on kind of your scoring system and making sure that you have someone who's going to make a deep run into the into the playoffs, I think Kokrak is, generally speaking, one of the better guys to keep around. I think I've been saving him and um, Harris English in most, in most of my one-and-dones just so that I have somebody deep enough in there. John says, I know you said you do not, uh, do showdowns, but I do tend to play those. I was wondering if you could do a strategy segment on Sunday showdowns, explaining how to factor in the placing points you get. Um, I'm probably not prepared to answer that question at the moment. As you note, I don't play a lot of showdown and I would want to dive deeper into it and give you a better answer before I just go spouting off on that. How does Brandon Grace's stats look these days? Yeah, let's pull up, uh, Mr. Grace here and I'll share my screen with you. So Bermuda, he is not a good putter, uh, but Bermuda is his best surface. He's very close to a zero there. Uh, so that's good. He is, see, this is, this is why these buckets are, are a little bit flawed. Brandon Grace, perfect example of this. Brandon Grace from 125 to 150 is 18th on tour. From 150 to 175, he's 174th. So what happens if he's 151 yards? D does he forget how to hit it? Is he no longer the 18th best player? So that's why I, these are really flawed buckets. However, if you get, if you have a guy who's kind of similar in all three and it's a big enough bucket, I understand it, but this is a perfect example. Um, so back to Brandon Grace here again, we don't have his open championship. We don't have his Barracuda numbers, but he finished 30th at the Barracuda. This is okay. Um, you know, Tita green, we have seen him at least go nuts tee to green in, two, in his last two measured events, right? Eight and a half from tee to green at the Memorial, 12.7 at the U.S. Open. Again, we don't know what he did in his last two, but this is at least flashing upside, right? And that's what you have to do to win golf tournaments like he did at Puerto Rico. So I don't think he's a safe play by any stretch of the imagination, but um, I think that if you're looking for some volatility at a low ownership, he wouldn't be a bad option. Brian says, I've heard that Na has a replacement caddy this week. Would that be enough to get you off him? I'm not sure I was on him anyway, and I'm not sure that I, that would be enough to get me off him. Like, I'm sure he's going to get a professional caddy. No Kenny Harms this week, but um, Kevin Knott is a, I mean, he's a professional. Knows what he's doing. Oh, Jay-Z in the chat. Hey, my main man, Rick. 
Actually, it says, hi, my main, main Rick. Maybe that's a new thing. I don't know about that. I know you love team no putt, but do you have any interest this week in Mr. Only Putt, Denny McCarthy? No, but I do have interest this week in uh, Mr. Only Putt, uh, JT Poston, who right behind Mr. Denny McCarthy is uh, Mr. JT Poston, who is the second ranked putter on the PGA Tour. And we are starting to see... This is a profile of a golfer who has gained uh, three or more strokes on approach in his last two without basically ever doing that before that either found something and he is going to contend because he's turned into a really good approach player, or at least for these two weeks, and he puts the lights out and that's, that's a product for contention contending, or he goes back to losing five strokes and he misses the cut and it didn't cost you all that much. So uh, this to me is the perfect example of being early. If, if, if JT Poston won this week, we would come back at this profile and say, yeah, we should have seen it coming. He was trending in the right direction, right? That's exactly what we would say. So I'm happy to take an inexpensive crack at a guy trying to be early. Hey, Rick, I need some OAD advice. One and done. My highest rated golfer available is Hideki. Should I roll with him or a Streelman or Henley? Oof. Kind of depends on what you have left and who you're going with. The one and done question should really, if you're asking a one and done question about this week, you should really be planning out your next three or four weeks, depending on how far this goes. So if the answer is, um, well, I guess he said my highest ranked player available is Hideki. Is that for this field or is that for every player who you have available also kind of depends on your position i'm not sure i have enough and enough information to answer this caleb i'm fine with henley i like henley a lot if maybe you want to save hideki but hideki's been great it 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 really depends i'm sorry i don't have a good answer for you rick the man what do you think of usti over simpson yeah so i can run this through the the head-to-head matchup tool um generally speaking and i made a big bet on hideki over webb simpson and the idea is, as much as I love Webb, and he could absolutely burn me this week. You can see I'm betting against him. You can see that um, uh, you know I'm, I'm fading him in a lot of places. But the idea is the odds are so short that you're, you're just paying for all that history that Webb has. And I don't like it. I don't like that he's a favorite over Hideki Matsuyama. Um, this to me, if I'm reading this correctly, Louis Ustazen is a, is a dog to Webb Simpson. That's kind of crazy because I have Louie winning this matchup 65% of the time. I have him as a pretty significant favorite. He's been that good this year. This is going back to the start of 2021. And outside of the last round we just saw from Webb, Webb hasn't been great. So I agree with you. I think the price is wild. He might burn us all, but I think there's a real case to be made that um, you should be getting matchups against Webb Simpson. I'm going to Wyndham on Sunday, my first time attending a PGA Tour event. I assume everyone will tee off one on Saturday. Don't assume that. In your opinion, is it better to post up on one hole or walk around? Um, you should confirm what the way they're going to do it on Saturday. Sometimes, you know, weather rolls in. Sometimes you'll know if they go off two tees. Um, I like to stand generally at the greens of par threes and watch groups come through, or I will walk backwards. The worst mistake you can make is walking. And I also don't care about seeing like one guy play 18 holes. So I want to see everybody. So I say you should walk backwards. So you go from, you know, nine to eight to seven, because you're going to be able to have an opportunity to get to a spot to stand as groups are coming through, uh, before the masses come along. And then you get to see everybody and, and you're going upstream while everybody else is going downstream. 
Deep dive on Seamus Power. Decent one and done pick. There is only one argument to be made against a Seamus Power, and that is the argument that he won the last time that he played, which is not much of a good argument uh, to, to not play him because he's been unbelievable. Look at this upturn. So this is just running strokes gained. So he was, you know, he was okay. He was gained a little bit at the end of 2020 into 2021, and then boom, he turns into a completely different type of player. And he has now gained strokes on approach, and a lot of them in seven straight. He's gained strokes around the green in seven straight. He has gained strokes tee to green in seven straight. He's gained strokes putting in five of seven. Um, you know, he had a couple of weeks off from the win, which is always good, right? I like that. Get an opportunity to celebrate, get an opportunity to um, refocus and do it that way. There's also, I think I can find this since the start of, oh man, hold on. I want to do this right. Um, Let's do since okay so so he, he basically started playing uh, more on the PGA Tour or only PGA Tour events at the Wells Fargo Championship. So I'm going to say since five nine. So since that moment where he kind of I don't want to call it debuted, but let's let's call it that. Um, and let me make sure I have the time frame here. Okay, I do. He has been probably yeah the second best player in this field. Louis's been number one. Seamus has been number two. Brandon Grace has been number three. Hank Lebiota, number number four. Mito Pereira, number five. Um, it's a small sample size. It's handpicked around the um, around the rounds that I know Power has played well, but trying to put that into perspective a little bit for you. Love the content, Rick. Thank you. Thanks for doing. The, <laughs> thanks for the Cam Davis, Cam Champ uh, hits. Well, thank you. Um, viewing top accuracy guys off the tee for potential long shots. Anyone in that category you like better than others? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Bryce Garnett, I think is the guy that I would probably fall into. Yo, Rick favorite contrarian play in the seven K range. Sure. Let's do it. Seven K range. I think, oh, I, so I think it's Brandon Todd. Sorry, TJ. I think I answered that one earlier. I think it's Brandon Todd. What's an updated model for this week? Oh, an updated model for this week. Okay. I would probably do, um, this is the custom model on rickrungood.com. So I would probably do last, uh, let's do last 24. I want to try to catch some people on the come up here. Um, birdie or better 20 putting 15 accuracy 20. Okay. I'm leaning into the stats that we saw on the course key stats, the course correlation 10 around off the tee, 10 approach five around the green. It gives me a little bit of a modified strokes gained total. That leaves me with uh, 80 left and I'm just going to split them. I'm going to do 20 on um, 100 to 125 and 20 on uh, 125 to 150. Oh, sorry. 10 and 10, I guess it is because I'm not very good at math and we'll sort this and my new top player. Oh boy. Ryan Armour, uh, he's $7,000. Satoshi Kodaira, Seamus Power, Hank Lebiota, Ches Reeve, Henrik Norlander. Obviously, I wouldn't go like playing all these guys, but a really great way to identify some of the value plays, especially in an event like this at Wyndham, because some of these values, um, like the value, the, the, the skill sets that some of these guys have that, that translate really, really well are um, generally the cheaper guys. And I missed this one. Sh uh, Sergeant Sugar with a super chat. Uh, I appreciate you. Thank you very much. That is not necessary, but I always appreciate it. And it goes uh, certainly a long way. Oh, and while I'm doing that one, um, there's another one here. Whoa, Hercules uh, with a big boy. Thank you. Says, since listening to your podcast three months ago, 
For the first time, I've hit outright tickets on Davis, Higo, Power, and Champ. This week, I'm feeling Shank, Mito, Lebiota, and Schwartzel's long shots, thoughts, and thank you. So first of all, thank you for the super chat. I really appreciate it. Um, I've already bet Schwartzel, and I've kind of like picked him to win, right? Like when I do content for Golf Digest, and I really have to pick like one guy that for me, I, that I think has a really good chance to win. I think the number is too long on. It was Schwartzel for me. So I'm obviously in lockstep with you there. I worry about Mito and how much he has played, but he is an unbelievable skill. Um, Libiota kind of, uh, you know, had to, had to break up the really great momentum that he had. I wonder about him. And then Shank, Shank is probably the, the, the second one here. So I probably, I probably ranked them Schwartzel, Shank, Mito, Libiota, and it's all fairly close, but um, Shank with the two top four finishes in his last four starts, tapping into some of uh, the volatility, which I think is really, really good. So if I only had to pick two, I would pick those two, and I think the numbers are are, are better there. And again, thank you for um, thank you for the super chat here. How does ownership look in the 7K range? Um, yeah, we I've kind of been scrolling through that one. So Revi, Libiota, uh, Vegas, Pereira are, are definitely going to be the most popular ones. Kazire as well. Maybe HV3 will snap through 10%. Uh, but those are the guys that are certainly going to be the popular ones. A couple Ches Revy questions that I answered, so I'm going to skip. Uh, thanks for the live shows. They're great. Thank you. Given the randomness of your simulations this week, that's right. Would you str- uh, stray away from a cascading core? Oh, interesting. Uh, because the idea is that the core is going to uh, really make you st- get you stuck on, on six guys. Um, I had never considered that. Yeah. I I think, I think with how wide open it it is, you might be better off avoiding a core, this uh, a cascading core this week. Thanks for the content. Will said he's played this course 20 to 25 times and one here in college. Do you believe he is good low owned play despite putting struggles? Um, I don't think he's going to be all that low owned, especially with the, the, uh, withdrawal of Patrick Reed. So I have him at 16 and a half percent. That could be closer to 20. I wouldn't be all that surprised if people start to think that Webb is going to be too popular or if I didn't calculate how much of Reed's ownership was going to go to Zalatoris correctly. So I don't think he's going to be all that low owned and I'm not as worried about the putting of your two part question. I'm more worried about the ownership. Took Ricky outright. Have a feeling, Rick. Can you look more into him? Man, um, I think your feeling is going to be better than my feeling is going to be. Let's see. Let's see. Bermuda's a pretty good surface for him. Since he, well, yeah, I, I, I love the fact that he's putting well again. That unlocks the rest of his game and always has for Ricky. But this is, he's just, he's just not hitting it well enough. He's just not. You know, he's constantly losing strokes off the tee. He's starting to get a little bit better on approach. I'm happy that the putter's back, but I'm I'm pretty concerned about it. Any players you consider at super long odds uh, like Herman last year? Luke Donald? Question mark. Love the content as always. Thanks. Oof. Um, I don't know what their odds are. I don't have it in front of me. I guess I could just look at the simulation. So hold on. I'll pull this up here real quick. I'll go to the tournament predictor tool. This is, um, and I'll go by Caesars, which by the way, Caesars is out of their stinking minds right now uh they're giving away five thousand dollars in free bets i did not say that wrong go to rickrungood.com slash bets see if it's in your state uh five thousand dollars in free bets man 
Ben Taylor won one of my simulations out of a thousand. He's 400 to one. I don't particularly love, I'm just trying to compare the, the odds to, um, actually, you know what? Uh, let me look at Andrew Landry really quickly. So I have him at 350 to one. He's won on the PGA tour before and, and kind of stood up to pressure. And there was, uh, something about him that I was excited about. What was it? Oh, okay. A couple of things here. Very accurate off the tee. We know that's going to be important. From 100 to 125, he's he's ninth on tour. Starts to lose it the further back he goes, which is concerning. Terrible putter, but in his last uh, six events, he's gained strokes in four of them. You're looking for someone in the 350 range. They're all pretty sour options. I wouldn't mind Landry here. Is this a course for Brian Harmon or would you prefer someone like Russell Henley? I think they're both fine, right? I, I don't mind either of them. I probably prefer Henley, but um, listen, Harmon's, Harmon's very good. Harmon's a great wedge player. Harmon can get the putter going. Harmon can get hot. I got no problem with that. Gellerman worth a few shots at the min. Um, if if only, the only thing that mattered was strokes gained approach, yes. Unfortunately for him, a lot of other things um, matter and... I'm I'm not ready to get there yet unless it unless it unlocked some really some really great lineup for you right I was happy to do it with Herman last week because there was no cut but it, I'm I'm worried Bramlett is popping up a lot for me this week says Sid can you do a deep dive yourself uh sure I think he's a pretty good ball striker ha- okay horrible putter and horrible on Bermuda very long off the tee very inaccurate. Very poor putter. Oh, uh, no, I, I don't know if I could do this. This is, unfortunately, if I if I have to look, I, I'm, I'm trying to give you an objective. Sorry, I wasn't sharing my screen. An objective look at this. He is uh, a, a really poor putter, which we know uh, correlates strongly here. He's ranked 201st. There's probably only like 220 guys that are, are qualified for stats. He's really bad on Bermuda. He is not accurate at all, 150th off the tee, and he's not particularly good in some of these buckets. I'm... Not sure how I could make a case for that. Yes, you should. I I've bet Charles, and I'm and I'm I'm not going to um, not going to talk you out of anything you want to do for him. Rick, hey dad, hey son, good to have you back here. Any tips for finding love? I've tried the online dating apps and haven't found one yet. I'm 28, so I'm getting old fast. Where should I try to find a good woman? Very interesting. Um, have you gone to your local Barnes and Noble? Have you tried uh, yoga classes? I know, get out of your comfort zone, but you'll be outnumbered like 30 to one if you go to some yoga classes. How about Target? I know it's hard to approach women in public and a place like that, but maybe you're both reaching for the same item. Um, Otherwise, Tinder. Thanks, Rick. New to the channel and love it. Can you compare Adam Scott versus Robert McIntyre or neither worth looking at? Oof, okay. So I spent... um, I spent some time on Adam Scott. Spent some time on Adam Scott. And I tried really hard to get there on Adam Scott because I've actually been impressed with what he has done with the putter. Remember, he was constantly switching putters. He couldn't figure it out. He's been really good. I mean, gaining two strokes, three strokes, four strokes, five strokes, half a stroke over his last five measured tournaments. That's great. But we're not seeing all of that comes to fruition in terms of result in terms of results because he has been so sour in the ball striking categories. Um, so I really tried hard to get to Adam Scott. 
And the fact that Bermuda has, has historically given him trouble, I ruled him out. I tried hard. He was one of, I couldn't get there on him. Um, McIntyre, I'm not sure how much data I have on Bobby Mack just because of, you know, he's, he's usually playing on the Euro Tour and then he comes over for some of the big events. And let's see what we got on him. I have 59 rounds on him. And this is, uh, this does give me a lot of reason to be optimistic. You know, you look at these first three categories off the tee approach, ball striking. Those are the categories you want to see a lot of green and you do from Robert McIntyre. He is a volatile putter generally in a good way, strong around the greens. I think if you're comparing the two, I, uh, the metrics would say you have to go with, um, Robert McIntyre. A lot of the same questions, so I'm skipping through these. Balanced or stars and scrubs this week? Have not answered that yet. Um, boy. So it's kind of a two-part question, Greg. Qu part one is to web or not to web. If you pick web, I think you should go stars and scrubs. If you don't pick web, I think you should opt for a more balanced build. I don't really love a lot of the you know sub $6,500 guys. Um, or even sub like $6,800 guys. So if you're going to go with Webb, who's going to be uber popular, I think going down into that range not only gives you more uh, uh, salary flexibility, but it also is going to give you the the opposite, the the other side of, of Webb being super highly owned. You're going to get a guy that's like 2%. So I, I think that's kind of the question here. If you play Webb, go Stars and Scrubs. If you don't, go Bounce. Can you explain what a... Each way bet is yes. So uh, overseas, this is generally built in. Where what happens is, uh, just take round numbers here. You can bet someone to win with a top five each way, or a top six each way, or a top eight each way, depending on what the what the book offers. And half of your bets, you bet a hundred dollars. Fifty fifty dollars of your bet goes to the outright number, and fifty percent of your bet goes to like that top five number, so that you, um, you know, if your golfer finishes second, uh, you don't get screwed and missed out miss out on it because of the. Um, uh, because you didn't win because you only have an outright ticket. So I know a lot of people over here in the States where it's not nearly as prevalent or available. will just do whatever you want to bet, put half of it on their outright number, put half of it on their top five number and move on. I'm, I've, I've answered a lot of these. So I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go through here. Did someone say back-to-back -back Binks? Let's get at it again. Thanks again for everything you do, Rick. You found a niche, niche or niche, and have done a lot of good with it. Appreciate it. Thank you. Seems to be a consensus that Kokrak hasn't played well since his win in Texas. I remember him striking it great in Detroit and just couldn't putt, which is shocking because uh, he's a very good putter, or at least has been this year. What is your take on him? Well, let's see what my take on him is. Um, I'm not sure this is the perfect setup for him. I would prefer him at a place where you know, distance is a bit more prevalent over accuracy because that's kind of how he gets it done. He's 103rd in accuracy. He's a hundred or excuse me, ninth or wow. 21st in distance. Um, yeah, he was great at the rocket mortgage in the, in the T to green department and couldn't putt, which is surprising because he's been so good, but he bounced back at FedEx with a good putter, but didn't strike it. Well, yeah, I'm like a five out of 10. I'm not sprinting to get there. Um, even though he has putted, you know, we can look and see what he's done this year on Bermuda. Because this year has really been kind of a a a, uh, a watershed moment for him. He's figured out something with the putter, so I don't necessarily want to look at his his career historic numbers, um, which are uh, so. Here we go. So let's do this on Bermuda historically. He's about a zero. 
But if we do this year, and I wonder how many rounds he has on Bermuda this year. It's 25. Yeah, he's about a quarter of a stroke round per round better. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm lukewarm, Bobby. What's your favorite Olivia Rodrigo song? Um, um, what's the name of it? Deja Vu. Uh, my bro keeps pl- uh, saying play Davis Thompson. Who the de- heck is Davis Thompson? Uh, graduate of University of Georgia, right? Uh, did he graduate yet? Or is he still... I can't. No, he turned pro. I think he turned pro this summer. Uh, he's fine. I don't think he's all that great. He's a very good golfer, but I'm not sure he's ready to be making. I don't think he's ready for your brother to be talking about him in PGA Tour events yet. Hey, Rick, you mentioned ownership was going to dictate your top guys for you. Uh, who are you liking? Yeah. So <laughs> I think the answer, if you're going to play a top guy, is, is Hideki or Louis. Uh, objectively, they are some of the best players this season, and they're going to be on the lower own side. If you need to save salary, I'm I'm happy to go down to Zalatoris, but I actually think his ownership is going to be higher than this. I think he's, I think he's, I've met 16 and a half percent. I think he's gaining as the week goes on. I think people are buying the narrative that this is their last chance to play him. I think he's going to be higher than that. Um, and as I just mentioned, I'm not particularly sold on Jason Kokrak. So I think Hideki and Louie are the best non-web options and I will probably be fading web, which means he will win. Um, certainly. For Rick run good one and done top 10 in segment four and year to date. Nice. I have McElroy, Bryson, and Scheffler for the FedEx Cup playoffs. That's awesome. Should I use Usti or Schwartzel this week and save Usti for FedEx Cup as well? So you need the starting strokes. So without looking up the FedEx Cup standings, you might want to save Usti because um, there's a chance he's like top five going into the Tour Championship, and the starting strokes matter big time, big time. So I would say... I, I wish you could use Usti this week, but you probably have to save him. You probably have to go with Schwartzel. Sorry. David says, hey, Rick, could you give a quick explanation on how you manage and distribute your bets weekly? Like if you're betting a guy at the top, yeah. Um, I think I have a video about this. I think I have a video on my YouTube channel called How to Build a Betting Card or something like that. Uh, but generally speaking, if you decide the amount that you are willing to risk each week, call it $100. And the amount that you want to win when you win an outright, uh, it's very easy to do. So for example, if you if you were saying, I have $100 I want to spend this week, um, and I want to I want to win $1,000 when I win an outright. So if there is a golfer who is uh, 10 to 1, you need to risk all of your $100 to win the $1,000 right? If you sit and then you make no more bets. If you say you want to win $500, uh, now you have to risk uh, 50 of that on your golfer at 10 to one. And then you have $50 more to spend elsewhere. So then if you go down, you find someone at 50 to one, you only have to put $10 on that golfer to return you the $500 that you want to win when you hit an out, right? So now you have what? $45 left or whatever. So uh, that is generally a very basic way to do it. And I think it's one that really makes you make decisions instead of just saying, I'm going to bet 12 guys this week and I'm going to bet them all. Like you have to make decisions and you have to figure out your units and you also have to look at the odds and it helps you build a card. Hey, Rick. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was so funny. I often hear talk about shying away from bad butters putters in birdie fest can you give your thoughts on guys that lose strokes putting but rate nicely in birdie or better hideki bubba or vegas um there's a lot of different ways to make birdies right uh 
which is kind of a weird thing to say. You can stuff your approaches to five feet and roll those putts in, and that doesn't necessarily make you a good putter, but it gives you an opportunity to make birdies. I just think over 72 holes, the idea is, especially on greens that are as undulating as as these uh, here at Sedgefield, um, they are going to, like, there's a lot of chance for things to go wrong. And when you add up, I don't know how many putts these guys are going to take, 72 to 100 putts, something like that, um, maybe more. It, it's 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 not ideal for birdie fest. You got to roll them in. Lots of questions about guys I answered, so I'm going to keep rolling. Roger Sloan going nuts this week to make the playoffs. What is his ownership looking like? Yeah, I don't mind Roger Sloan at all, and that is actually a good question about what his ownership is. I have him coming in at uh, what is he seventy? Thank you. How much is Roger Sloan? Am I going to have to do this? Am I going to have to? Okay, here he is. Uh, I'm at 3%. Uh, I'm fine with chess. Yes, a lot of chess questions. Certainly fine with that. Who is the DFS play that no one is playing in the $8,000 range? Kisner is 6.6%. Munoz 6.6%. EVR and Justin Rose 3%. Um, I'm not sure I'd want to play those guys. Munoz isn't... Listen, Munoz, if you know what you're getting yourself into, as long as you don't think Munoz is a safe option, I don't mind that at 6.6% coming off of a couple of fourth place finishes. One was at the Olympics, now back and probably well-rested. I, I don't mind that. I really don't. Rick, totally a side note, but NFTs, can you explain them? Do you do NFTs... Uh, how do you play asking for a friend? I do not have the time to do this, nor do I have the depth of knowledge to help you with this. However, uh, NFTs are non-fungible tokens. It's a way that you can buy something that is completely unique and it can be applied to art or digital trading cards or what DraftKings did today with Tom Brady's drop, which is why I was one minute late because I was buying one of those. So yes, I have dabbled into NFTs. I certainly do not know a whole lot about them. I do not think they are going away. I think in the right use cases, they can be very valuable and they can be very fun and they can be a, a new form of investment. Um, but I, I, I don't know enough about them. Is there a reason that Mito is only 14% owned this week at $7,900? Lowest ownership since a month ago and still playing well? Yeah, it's a great point, Kyle. I think the idea is probably that, um, listen, we are, humans are a flawed creature, right? Humans are a very flawed creature. And this kind of happened with Corey Connors where Corey Connors just piled up top 20s and everybody stopped caring. And with Mito, it was cut. 34th, 5th, 6th, 4th, 39th. People look at that and say he's getting worse or he's getting tired or he's doing whatever. Um, I agree with you. Mito, and I've been, I've been, uh, listen, I'm, I'm not going to pat myself on the back too hard here, but I've been beating the Mito drum since he made his debut, right? The, the, the idea that you can win three times here on the Corn Ferry Tour is bonkers. He's showing why. He's a ball striking machine. I agree with you. It is, we are, we are, we are terrible creatures. That's why. There is a uh, super chat here from Phil. Thank you very much. He says, what do you think about Putnam, Garnett, Kirk, and Han as flyers? I'm in on Garnett. Um, Putnam, let's just do this real quick. What, what I'll do is I'll go to the Holy Grail. I'll go start of 2021. We'll just pit these guys against one another. So I'm, I'm in on Garnett. I think this is probably your only chance to do it uh, all year. Kirk, Putnam, Putnam be Putnam. And Han. So 
Since the start of 2021, oof, they're not, uh, boy, there's not really much to like here. Kirk has been better, right? Kirk's been gaining strokes across the board. Let's see what he's done recently. Missed three out of his last four cuts. Although I'll tell you what, the ball striking numbers were, were fine. We don't know what he did at the open championship, but the ball striking numbers were okay at the miscut cut or at the, yeah, at the miscut cut at the 3M open. He gains there. This isn't bad. I'd probably rank them Putnam. No, no, no. Garnett, Kirk, uh, Putnam Han in that order. Thanks again for the super chat. Uh, much appreciated. Let's go back and find my spot here. Many experts seem to be into armor this week, which makes sense. Any pro- profile, any players with a similar shorter driving profile that you like, uh, Brendan Todd, what's something you learned about running a business or creating a small business that you wish you knew years ago? Um, Hiring is hard. I don't know if I, if I still learned that, but I have a problem where this is my baby and I don't like to give up anything about it or any control, which is not necessarily uh, scalable, but it's also like, it's even hard. Like, like my wife joined a year ago and I'm like, I like, I want to do everything. It's hard for me to like give up responsibility and I'm still very bad at it. Um, I'm not sure I have an answer to that, but that's something I wish I was better at. Do you do any matchup parlay strategies or do you just avoid these sucker bets? Uh, I avoid the sucker bets. Yes. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm always good for a sucker bet now and then, but not, not, uh, not routinely. A lot of questions about web. I'm probably fading. And if I get burned, I get burned. No problem with that. Hey, new here. Any chalky players that are going to be over that you are going to be over the field on. Ooh, Good question. So let's just sort by chalk. So uh, as I mentioned, I'm I'm probably fading web. I'm kind of happy to be overweight on Seamus power. Uh, I'm a big believer, and I've been a big believer for a long time. He he might be in an unbelievable stretch of golf right now, and his price is very, very reasonable. So that might be a good one. Mito, as we just mentioned, uh, should be higher than 14% owned. He should be. I'm happy to be way overweight on that. I'm actually kind of happy to be overweight on Sung Jay. Haven't talked about Sung Jay yet. In a different way than JT Poston, I think there's a chance to be early on Sung Jay at a place that he's finished back-to-back top tens. Is there a way to run your model uh, strictly Bermuda putting combined with driving accuracy and approach so not yet. I'll add that. You could also go to the lineup optimizer and uh, I mean, you could import any set of metrics that you want, which is kind of also nice, but um, not yet. It's probably coming in the next version. I've, if you've noticed, I've been rolling out the custom model in, in a couple of different versions here. For 10 players, 10K plus and 6,500 or less, any rules you always use to help build balanced lineups in the optimizer? It's a good question. I don't think I have any particular rule outside of like how much exposure I want to those guys. I don't, I mean, I guess you could write a rule in the optimizer that says if you have one or two golfers over 2K, make sure you get two under 6,500. And then you could then kind of live in the balanced middle. You could write rules that say that. I'd have to think about that. We're getting some good questions this week.
Can you please explain your lack of worry about Louis on all Bermuda courses? Um, sure. So let me see if I can pull this up here. So one, I just like Louis's been arguably maybe the best player on tour this year. Um, doesn't have a win to show for it, but I think that's it's not like a completely ridiculous argument. So we can look up Louis. Um, let's see what he's done on Bermuda this year, as opposed to looking at a at a longer term run here. So this is just Bermuda this year. And he's been, um, he's been great. He's been exactly what we want. I mean, he's gained strokes putting in one, two, three, four, five, six of his last seven. Uh, I had a stat in the, um, I had a stat in the run good rundown this week, which if you've not subscribed to, you should, it's just where I go and drop all of my, uh, random little nuggets Substack. I'm trying to pull it up here. Is it Substack.com? Slash, I'm going to pull this up for you because I have a good stat here. So this is what I sent out this morning. You should probably get involved in this. Um, here we go. So there are 13, and this might be closer to the question you're asking, 13 courses on the PGA Tour that have Bermuda everywhere from tee to green. Uh, of those 13, or of those 12 other courses that have been played this year, Louis number one in strokes gain total. Uh, he's gaining over a stroke putting. He has 16 rounds on them. I could go back further, but... This is this year. He's He's been good. So I, I don't really have the concerns. Rick, do you play PGA Tour? Oh, it says Ron, do you play PGA Tour in real life? So I don't know if that's a question. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's happening here. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, celebrity in the chat. Uh, Adam Goldberg, creator of the Goldbergs. That's a great show. You should check it out. Do you put wagers on rounds instead of tournaments? Always seems like the vets are towards the top on weekdays and fade on the weekend. Very apt. What's the word I was looking for? Not perception. Mm. Observation, Adam. Yes. Round by round by round wagers, round by round matchups is by far uh, the most profitable profitable way to bet golf because books are not good enough at adjusting them. And then when you get into the weekend where they match guys up based on tee times, ooh, doggy, that's where it's at. Thank you, Adam, and great show. Are you ready to take Ricky Fowler yet? No. Observation. Thank you, Steve. Um, I skipped a que- I skipped a lot of questions about Hubbard. I'm not exactly sure why there's questions about Hubbard, but there was a lot of them. So let's let's do this. I got a couple minutes left here. Okay, Bermuda's his worst surface. He is one of the most. Um, uh, he is he is very accurate. Twenty first off the tee. That's good news. Decent putter. Ball striking has been good the last couple of weeks. Tee to green has been awesome for, I don't want to say awesome, good enough for six weeks, gaining in six weeks. Okay. I could do Hubbard. That's fine. I'm, I'm happy to get in there. Um, Rick, can you do a deep dive IO? Uh, sure. I don't know. Who do you want me to go into? Oh, Matt Jones. Here we go. That's, that's what you wanted. You got you to gotta look before you, you hit the enter button there. All right, Matt Jones. Oh boy, Maddie Jones. Oh boy. Um, not much, not, not much to like here. 183rd in driving accuracy. Look at his approach play. 
He lost five at the FedEx. Minus one and a half, minus 1.9, minus five, minus two, minus two, minus six. It's horrible. It's horrible. I hate it. I hate it. Um, I got to play, pick, or kill Seamus Power, Joel Damon, Johnny Vegas. Uh, I think I just, I think I play Seamus. I think I fade Vegas, but I'm not going to kill Joel Damon. That's crazy talk. Is there a stretch on the schedule that is a grind? I guess this one. How is Siwoo going to play? Thinking of putt. What is happening in the chat right now? It's 3 p.m., 4 p.m. Eastern time. Have you guys been, what is happening? The chat is going nuts. All right, here's the last thing. Let me tell you, let me tell you a little story about uh, Mr. Siwoo Kim. And I know everybody's very, very excited to play Siwoo Kim because he's won here and he's got two more top tens. Here's my issue with Siwoo. It is not only the five balls that he hit into the water on 11, because I would write that off. I'm happy to write that off. He lost 10 strokes on approach on Sunday. The worst single approach play, approach round in my database, which goes back to the start of 2015. I'd be happy to write that off, but he was horrible in the other three rounds. He's lost strokes on approach in six of his last seven. He's lost strokes putting in seven straight and 10 of his last 11. I, I just don't see outside of he has been good at this course, what there is to like about Siwoo. And maybe he flips the switch. I have a very difficult time with, with Siwoo. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's 9 p.m. UK time, Rick. Ethan, bottoms up. Cheers, mate. Thanks for checking in. All right, I think that's going to do it. Here's what we've got going on. Um, oh, by the way, if you liked that little golf vlog, got another one coming this week. It's very, it's a, it's a lot for me to put my swing out there and hear from all of you guys, but it was fun. And I think we're going to do another one. So keep an eye out for that. Um, Steven says, thinking about getting a subscription, can I see your lineup builder? Just rewind a little bit or go check out every video I ever create. It's all in there. There's tutorials on YouTube as well, or email me. Happy to walk you through it, but there's plenty of options. Hit the like button on your way out. 8.15 p.m. Eastern time is the Jock Market Power Hour. Same place you're at right now, the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. We're giving away $100. There's a lot of money to be made in the in the Jock Market. Uh, you can use code Rick and get a $50 deposit bonus. Uh, it's going to be a fun week. We're coming down the stretch. There's bubble boys. There's everything. I'm very excited. I'm very hungry. It's time for lunch and um, uh, pet your dogs. Bye.